Good evening, everyone. I don't know what happened, but I did record something earlier in the evening. But for some reason, it came out with no minutes on it. So, I apologize. So, I've deleted that and I'm going to start over. Because I wanted to continue on step-by-step on reading the pages from my book, The Autistic Author and Animator. Tonight, I wanted to first um, shout out the dedication to my book. And it says, for my daughter, Jenny Story, you are a pillar of strength for your love, courage, kindness, and genuine spirit. You are an inspiration to me and a role model to so many others. Which indeed she is. And I see this when we are at our book signings. People say there's such an aura about Jenny. There's such a genuineness, such a kindness and such a lovely spirit that she has when they talk to her and, and when she talks to them about her book and her life. Now, the next part in my book is testimonials. I always feel these are people that, you know, uh, people that, that know the love that you've poured into this book. And so I wanted to read those tonight. The first one is from Betty Watson. Uh, she's author of On a Day in Brandon, Manitoba, and she also wrote um, a young adult book called What Can Jordan Do? And Betty, Betty says here, Janet writes with freshness, truth, and love. That is how she's able to bring us along to share her experiences in raising her remarkable daughter. The second one is from Margaret Hudson. She was our respite care coordinator, lovely woman, so genuine, and she was so lovely in finding the best respite caregivers for Jenny so that I could have some respite care for myself because it's a 24-hour job with, with these children when they have autism. We already know that is with children who don't have have autism. So I needed to always get back the energy both mentally and physically uh, so that I would be mentally and physically available for Jenny because it does take everything out of you um, to work you know with your autistic children so Margaret Hudson writes with a deep bond of love irrepressible optimism and unquenchable determination Janet and Jenny together gain strength from every challenge they face a warm, joy-filled book that teaches us to never give up and to always be proud of who we are and the unique gifts we have to share. And I always remember Jenny and I, what the unique bond that it brought between us. And I know a lot of people would used to say, oh, I'm so sorry your daughter has autism. It must be so hard. Yes, nobody wants their child to have autism or special needs. However, you have to take the positive of it. You have to reach in there and grab out something of it that makes it a good thing and that makes a part of your life enjoyable and and beautiful. And that's exactly what Jenny and I both, both did with this. The next is from Gail Cunningham. Uh, I spoke of her the other day when I wrote, read something that she wrote. She was the supervisor and owner of Br'er Rabbit Daycare, along with her co-worker, co-owner, Debbie Radies. And Gail says, Janet Walmsley writes like she's sitting having coffee at the kitchen table, sharing with a dear friend about her daughter, Jenny's story. A triumph, a triumph journey. I always knew and said with confidence, Jenny will fly. 
And I love the essence of this testimonial from from Gail because that's one thing I really did want to bring across with my book. I wrote this book so you feel like you're talking to a friend at the kitchen table. I wrote it to bring love, um, to bring enlightenment, to bring hope. I didn't write it to tell people what to do and they have to do what we did because that's the only way that this could happen for them. But I wanted to give them insight. I wanted to share how I went full speed ahead with autism and I didn't look at the negative and I learned from it, but I always went and looked at the positive and didn't look back. The next testimonial is from uh, Lynn Oldfield. She was a respite care worker. And it says, and our respite care workers, her and Lucy McGinnis were fantastic. Um, they became our, our second family. And they were their unconditional love and their caring of Jenny was so beautiful. And the friendship that I bonded with, with both Lynn and Lucy, was wonderful. And this testimony is from Lynn. I have known Jenny since she was three years old and I watched her struggle with the issues that autism brings. To see what she has now accomplished is truly amazing. This book provides hope and encouragement for parents of children with autism. Jenny's journey is one of a young girl who has risen above the label that she was given. The next one is from Debbie Radies who was also a CEE assistant and, as I said, co-owner of Brer Rabbit Daycare. And she says, Janet, your heartfelt writing as you share Jenny's story is truly a gift. It's like we are walking your journey with you. Which is exactly what I wanted people to feel and engage with in my book, Walk With Me in Our Story. Now, in saying this, there are people, so many people I had to acknowledge. So I had a special part of my book um, after the testimony testimonials about acknowledgements. Now, number one, I have to thank my daughter, uh, Jenny, because she allowed me to expose her, as I say, naked out into the world about her journey with autism. And I remember at first, Jenny really didn't want me to um, because I asked her, would it be okay if I wrote a book? And she said, no, I really don't think I want you to, Mom, because I just don't want to be bullied again. And, you know, some people know I'm autistic, some don't. And I said, no, I totally understand. And I, I, I said, I will not write it. But then the next day, Jenny came to me and she said, you know what, Mom? I do want you to write the book. Because if we can have one person or one family then we've done our job. I thought that was really beautiful. It brought tears to my eyes. I remember us exchanging a big hug. And I thought how mature and how beautiful of her to not be thinking about herself, but to be thinking about others. And hopefully what her story and where she got in her life will be able to help, even if it's one individual or or family. I also lovingly thanked um, my son Christopher who had always been there for Jenny, it's her older brother, and my husband, Travis, for being so supportive, and and both of them cheering me on in writing this book. Their love, their genuine care, their support, and also for Jenny, their support with her for each and every day of her life. I feel very fortunate to have a son and a husband like this, because when I think of Christopher, I remember, you know, siblings, we have to remember, like I talked about before, siblings, because I knew Christopher knew 
that I had to spend a lot of time with Jenny and I knew he stepped back a lot because he understood this and he was very loving and 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 very endearing with this but I was always there for him he was in his teenage years but I remember the love the nurturing and just the protectiveness of him for his sister now I have more people to acknowledge which I think I'll do in my next episode because I really want to share one story of Christopher here um but I know it does come up in the book. So if I repeat myself, I think it is something, though, that will really tug at your heartstrings. Because I don't want siblings to be forgotten. Because they have to step back. They have to... You still give them the love, a lot of love. But they also know that when your child is autistic, you have a sibling that's autistic, they need some extra special care. And we were at a restaurant. It was very hard for Jenny to go out to places because the lights would really bother her. The, the, the noises, if there's too many people there, the, the talking, if it was, it was loud and just being around other people. That was very, very hard for Jenny. But I needed to do it step by step. She still needed to be able to go out into society and, and be out where there's other people and noises. Although we took it very slowly. So this one day, we hadn't been out for supper for a long time. and Both Christopher and I needed it and Jenny needed it. So we had gone, I think it was a white spot we had gone to in Vernon in the Okanagan. And I remember um, it was was loud and, and uh, you know, the lights are sort of bright and, and um, there's a lot of people, you know, there as well. And I remember it really bothering Jenny. She just went right underneath the table. And I, I had, we brought all her toys and her favorite coloring things and that so that she, we thought that this would help her just sort of, of with all the stimulus around her, it, it, it would calm her, ease her calm. And I remember our food came to us and, and Christopher said, Mom, I want you to eat. You eat. And I remember he went under the table because people were looking at us and they're giving us, you know, sneer looks and uh, you could hear the remarks and I remember it really bothered Christopher because he loved his sister so much and we both knew that Jenny wasn't wanting you know this isn't something that she, she could help it was it was hard for her and I remember he got her one of her stuffies and and one of her favorite books and he was reading to her on the table and it, it, it calmed her and he he brought her um back up to the table because her favorite food was was there which was chicken fries and and, um, you know, with all the murmuring and everything, the staring that was going around us, I remember looking around and everybody just stopped talking. And everybody just looked at us and it was almost like you'd, you could see that they thought, oh my goodness, why would we do that? And I remember looking at my son and I just tried to stop the tears from coming because he said to me, don't worry, mom that's their problem not ours we know who Jenny is they don't so I just wanted to share that with you um, when I acknowledge Christopher and the love he had for for Jenny and myself and the good brother and 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 son that he was so in my next episode I, I will go through some of my other acknowledgments and why I wanted to include these people in so enjoy uh, your your day your evening And with the virus going around us, I know it's hard for everybody. So I hope this gives a little bit of a joy or a smile on your face and me 
having these podcasts and, and, and episodes. And I know it does help me a lot. And uh, and then soon I'll be having Jenny coming on uh, one of the podcasts to um, do a bit of interview with her and her life with autism. And as well, um, she's going to talk about her book too. So thank you for stopping in and, and listening to this podcast. And please feel free to send me any messages. Would love to hear from you. And if you have any thoughts or any stories your, yourself, I'm I'm always have a listening ear and and love to meet to meet everybody whether you're in the autistic community or you're not. Uh, this is something I wrote this book so I'm there for 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 everyone. We want to shed the stigma box in the general public and I want to be there to listen to other people and their stories as well. So take my I seem to have a new phrase now since we're all in this self isolation and and um, being safe in and in, in doing that and 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 you know having that distance apart from each other so my new phrase is take good care stay healthy and stay safe this is janet signing off till next time all my love and big hugs Hello everyone. I'm hoping you're having a lovely day today and I would like to say a shout out because today is World Book Day. So a shout out to all the authors, a shout out to all you readers. I hope whatever book you're reading um, is enjoyable and you're going through adventures whether it be any type of fiction, non-fiction, documentary. It's really nice to do the shout out to, to, to everyone, both readers and, and authors. So I make a special shout out for our books. As you know, mine is the autistic author and animator about my daughter's journey with autism. And Jenny's book is called Dysnomia, and it is a fantasy fiction. It's the first of a trilogy, and she's just finished, um, she's finished a few months back the, the, the sequel to it. And she's getting it all in the computer because she handwrites everything. That's her her way of, of writing books. She handwrites first. And this really, really cool scriptive way of writing that she has. And then she puts, now she's putting everything in the computer, but not much, not much longer. So yeah, it's a trilogy and she plans to make it into animation movies. And I'm also planning to make my book into a feature, feature film um, and a documentary. So yeah, so... Happy World Book Day to everybody. Cheers. So in my last um, in my last podcast, I was giving acknowledgments and I didn't further because uh, further into everyone else. But I want because I wanted to talk about Chris and hit the scenario with us at the at the restaurant. So the next people on my list is what I call in my book, our dream team. They were like all angels. Um, I just cannot even thank them enough for everything that they did. Their unconditional love, that the time they took, they even came to workshops with me about autism. Like they went above and beyond um, what what people do, both professional, non-professionals, teachers, everyone like that. So I have to give a big shout out to Darlene Wolseley, Lisa Coley Donahue. Fran Wood, Dr. Wader, Wader, Dr. Bruce Pfeiffer, um, 
people that are in more the medical side or the community side to support special needs children or you know Dr. Wader was our pediatrician Dr. Bruce Pfeiffer was the psychologist he's the one that said to me you know I think um, riding therapy would be really good for for Jenny so we did horse riding therapy which it was she loved the animals and it really calmed her calmed her down I talked about Br'er Rabbit Daycare, who I'd like to acknowledge in a shout out because I call them part of our dream team as well, um, is to Gail and Deb and Shelly and Teresa and the rest of the staff at Br'er Rabbit Daycare. I mean, words can't even express enough to them our thanks, our gratitude, and the, like I say, their unconditional love for Jenny. They were rocks, not only to Jenny, but to me as well. And they too would come to um, come to any um, autism um, events or or workshops and that and Shelly was like Jenny's second mom because I was a single mom at that time and I had to work uh, put a roof over her head and food on the table I had two two children a teenager and, and young Jenny to take care of so she really was so sweet to Jenny so caring to Jenny and was always there for her every step of the way while she was at at daycare now, Margaret Hudson, I've already talked about, and, and Lynn and Lucy, who I also call part of our dream team because they're respite, respite care workers, to all the teachers um, I acknowledge uh, in this book, both in elementary and high school. And lastly, I've got to mention the two in, well, there's three actually in, uh, in high school. Um, because of Mrs. Wahlberg, Liz Wahlberg, that is why Jenny got her book out there. Um, when Jenny was in high school and in writing classes the last couple of years of schooling, um, her teacher said, Jenny has got to write this story she's doing in our class in a book. And I would have kids come up to me, or classmates, saying, oh, we don't, we don't want to even hear our stories. We want to listen to Jenny's because we want to know what's happening. So I remember seeing out the peripheral vision of my eye. Jenny was so, so humble and so shy, but I could see this smile come up on her face. And I thought, oh, this meant a lot to her because she was getting acceptance from her peers. And her her writing teacher, Mrs. Wahlberg, she loved. And she always made, made Jenny feel good about herself and boost her self-esteem. And that was the same with um, a couple of her art teachers and also Mr. G, um, who was in history and, and uh, social studies. And I remember him saying to me, I wish every student was like Jenny. She gets her work done on time. She does it so thoroughly. And he said, I just wished every student could be like, like Jenny. Friends, friends of Jenny, I wanted to acknowledge too. Uh, Lisa Ray, especially because she's known Jenny since elementary and she always accepted Jenny as who she was and always included her. Sierra Carlisle, Sarah and Alyssa for their friendship. Also Kayla for their friendship. Jenny didn't have a lot of friends, but these girls are ones that accepted Jenny for who she was and were nice to her and kind to her and included her in things, which she didn't get from a lot. Like I remember in elementary school, I think she got invited to one, one, one birthday party. Um, and then no one else invited her. Other kids were going to parties. So I, it was very hard on Jenny, but I made sure she had, you know, her birthday parties and, and everything was okay and invited kids. And even though none of them invited Jenny back, I just wanted Jenny to feel accepted and, and to, to have a, have a good time. And it would have been still good if there was just her, me and her dad and her brother. But, um, so that's, you know, something that she went through. To all my family and friends um, who were there for me 110% in all aspects of my life, um, I thank you for being there on this ride with me and being there to be comforting and, and loving and, 
and, and caring. Um, I'll be eternally grateful for, for your friendship and your kindness and your unconditional love. Special thanks out to my sister Vicky, who came out from Manitoba because in the middle of writing this book, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. So I had a double mastectomy and immediate breast reconstruction. So um, I still got my book done. <laughs> so that was good. But Vicky was, was there. So um, she had to do a lot and she was there for my family as well. So specific love and kudos to, to Vicky. To the wonderful people who did take time um, to write testimonies for my book, I'm so appreciative of that. To the Influence Publishing team, uh, Lisa and all her and all her people who worked for her in believing in me and assisting me in the publication of this book because they all worked very hard and were there for me every step of the way. I never thought I would ever write a book. <laughs> I just The way this happened to write the book, I had uh, gone to an event that Influence Publishing had and I was there for Jenny and wanting to talk to Lisa and her crew about Jenny's book, but they weren't doing fantasy fiction at the time. So um, I said, oh, but they said, we're hoping to next year. So they wanted us to stay in touch or get our info. And they actually got a hold of us the following year. And then Jenny, um, I had mentioned about Jenny being autistic and how this is so cool, her wanting to write this book. And, and she just looked at me and she goes, oh, we've been trying to get people to write a book about autism in their lives but they say they're going to do it but then they never do so I just kind of looked at Jenny and I looked at her and I said well I should write a book about Jenny's journey with autism and that's where it all began so of course I needed help because I knew nothing about publishing book about writing book so it was quite the learning experience and journey I I I took to Trista Baldwin for all her hard work on my cover design and author photo I enjoyed all the Skype meetings I, meetings I had with her and phone calls. Nina Shaprova, my editor, thank you for your input and your, your, your knowledge. And, you know, knowing what you do for, for writing in a book, what is right, what is not. To Temple Grandin, whose story is such a huge inspiration for the autistic community and inspiring me to encourage Jenny's ambition and talent. We, Jenny actually met Temple Grandin. I did too. Jenny was asked to go to a private luncheon with 11 other um, adult autistic individuals at the Pacific Autism Center in Richmond, British Columbia, which Richmond is not too far away from Vancouver. And Jenny actually sat by Temple and they had quite a great conversation and she was explaining to Jenny what she should do with her animation and do commercials and actually Temple Grandin has both Jenny and my books. Uh, and we went and saw her event that she was speaking at that night. And she even mentioned about, you know, the private luncheon with these young adult kids and mentioned about Jenny and, and uh, talking to her about doing something for a commercial with her animation. So that was just a humongous honor and humble honor to be able to meet her and Jenny be able to spend that time with her and for her to take our books. That was really, really special for, for actually for both of us. I had actually got in touch with a family, um, Samantha and Bernard Kaufman in Sheffield, Massachusetts. I had watched a film called Sunrise, a Miracle Continues, and it was just so beautiful and so heartwarming and gut-wrenching all at once and everything they went through for their son, Ron. And in watching them, I got a hold of them because I was a single mom. I couldn't afford because they had this autism treatment center in Sheffield. 
uh, and I, they sent me, they sent me pamphlets, they sent me brochures, they sent me tapes, they sent me videos because I couldn't afford to go and take Yenny there myself. But everything they gave me, I instilled working, I instilled this with working with Jenny at home, and also I gave everything to all the medical professionals, the daycare, the schooling, and we all worked together with this info as well. So a huge shout out to the Kaufman um, family, their son Ron. And, the autism, and their Autism Treatment Center of America. Their story and programs are originally designed to support their son, but now they help hundreds of parents from all over the world with autistic and special special needs. I, you know, know of actors, I, I'm an actor, um, and Jenny McCarthy and Holly Robinson-Pete both uh, are celebrity mothers of autistic boys. So I want to thank you for your inspiration within the autistic community. And then all that, that Holly has done through her Holly Rod, Rod Foundation of Family and Jenny being president of Generation Rescue. And lastly, and not least, I wanted to acknowledge and give my thanks to all the autistic and special needs individuals out there who cope with their world and society each and every day. The obstacles you have to face are unreal. But it's amazing how you try and push them down and set them aside and, and get through your fears. Here's to your courage, your hard work, and your joy for life. Now, I really actually wanted to, because it was World Book Day today, and we'll see the timing here, but I would love maybe to read, let's see if I can get through chapter one here of, of the book. So sit back, relax. And like you're having a coffee and you're sitting across the kitchen table from me. And here we go. Chapter 1. Jenny's story enters the world. I remember Jenny's birth as clear as a bell. We had left Manitoba a couple of years earlier and gone off to the land of the Northern Lights. Because my then husband had the opportunity to go to carpentry school and work in Yellowknife in the Northwest Territories of Canada. We had been trying for five years to have a child, and I thought it would be clear saying, sailing as I had become pregnant very quickly with my, my, my 13-year-old son years earlier uh, with my first marriage. That hadn't happened for me this time around, although, as I first had a miscarriage and then found out in 1992 that I had endometriosis which my gynecologist told me was a condition resulting from endometrial tissue outside the uterus, making it hard to conceive and causing me severe abdominal and pelvic pain. My gynecologist told me the chances of my getting pregnant with endometriosis were slim. The week before I was to fly down to Edmonton for laser surgery for the condition, I had been feeling quite nauseous and not myself. So I went to see my local doctor. When the nurse said it would be a good idea to do a pregnancy test, I actually laughed and said, you're kidding. My gynecologist said my chances of getting pregnant are next to impossible with endometriosis. I was so sure that the test would be negative. I was sitting in the waiting room with a mixed bag of emotions. I kept saying to myself, stop thinking there's a glimmer of hope, Janet. But I've always been a positive person and deep down I was saying, let it be. So there I was in the waiting room thinking about the trip to Edmonton and what I still needed to pack when the nurse walked into the waiting area with a big smile on her face and announced to me, I was pregnant. What? I exclaimed. She told me I was four weeks along and congratulated me. Time stood still and I felt both giddy and dizzy all at once. I wondered if my ears were playing tricks on me and 
and if she shouldn't take a, another test to confirm the pregnancy. It was a surreal moment. I was jubilant, overjoyed, crying, and then also terrified. I did not want to go through another miscarriage. I was 37 years old, and my son Christopher was 13. I'd had such a healthy pregnancy with him that I kept positive thoughts that this third pregnancy was going to be just like this. Every monthly checkup went well, and the baby and I were both healthy. I couldn't have asked for better pregnancy. I did not know if the baby was a boy or a girl, and I did not want to know. I wanted to be surprised, but most importantly, I wanted the baby to be healthy. Due to the way I was caring, I was convinced I was having another boy. A lot of people thought the same. Chris would have a brother and that would be cool. Deep down though, I was thinking it would be nice if it was a girl to have that million dollar family with one of each. I was very careful about everything as I wanted to carry the term. I gained quite a bit of weight, but felt really good and wow, this baby was on the go doing somersaults, flip-flops, kicking and moving. I was so excited and relieved that I was making it to term. I was out with friends late Saturday morning of February 6th when I started feeling pressure and some pain in my lower back. It grew stronger and stronger on my tailbone and I thought, this baby is heading out the wrong way. This was totally different from when I had been in labor with Chris. With him, I had really bad cramps that felt like indigestion. My due date this time... I had really bad cramps, like I said, like I felt like I had indigestion. My due date this time was between February 6th and 8th, so it was clear I was in labor. I said to everyone that we needed to grab my hospital bag from home and head off to Stanton Hospital. This baby wants out. We rushed to the hospital and I was checked in. What I thought was going to be a short labor turned out to be very long and intense, and I got a good use, I got good use of my Lamaze breathing techniques. I never wanted to look at ice ice chunks again afterwards, as I had chewed on buckets of them during those long hours. At 1.51 a.m. on Sunday, February 7th, little Jenny made her mark on this earth. She was hesitant, but finally decided it was time. When she was delivered, I said to Dr. Batla, Oh, let me hold my little boy. He smiled and said, Uh, Janet, she is a girl. You have a daughter. No, no, no. It's it's a boy, I stated. And we laughed. I was overjoyed to have a girl and declared, Jenny, her name is Jenny Lee. I don't know where her name came from. She was so little, six pounds, five ounces. I remember the doctor commenting on how alert she was. It was though she was saying, hello, here I am. Hello, everyone. What's happening? She was healthy except for a little bit of jaundice, so she sunbathed in the incubator to assist her immature liver to do its job. She looked so adorable, soaking it all with her eye protectors on. She was a cutie pie right from the beginning, and I was on top of the world and felt so blessed and so grateful to have this precious daughter in my life. I couldn't wait for her to meet her big brother Chris, and he couldn't wait either. When I had become pregnant with Jenny, I always made sure that Chris didn't feel left out, was included in every part of the pregnancy, and was okay with it all. The morning I gave birth to Jenny, Christopher never once left the waiting room, as he waited all day and night. What a trooper he was. He was very excited and held her close so lovingly and cautiously, talking to her. That is a moment etched into my memory forever. I could see his love, his caring, and protectiveness right from the beginning. 
I have been blessed twice with two wonderful children. I was also blessed to have Louise Laframbois in my life, a genuine friend, neighbor, and confidant. She was there for me right from the beginning of my pregnancy. She was there with me in the labor room, and she held Jenny soon after birth. As she had three boys, it was nice to see her with Jenny. She became her second mom when I eventually went back to work. In the 1990s, a woman stayed at the hospital for a couple of days after giving birth. It was really nice to get some rest with such an exhausting experience. Not like nowadays when you have the baby and you go home right away. After my stay in the hospital, it was good to be back in the comfort of my own home, introducing Jenny to her new life. I tried extremely hard to breastfeed Jenny. She couldn't latch on, though. She had a tiny mouth and my nipples were too big for her. I tried pumping my breast milk, but it wasn't working. She was losing weight, and when the public health nurse and and my doctor recommended that I switch to Formia, I did exactly that. It was the best decision for Jenny as well as for me. I was losing energy and sleep. But once she started adjusting and liking the formula milk from the bottle, things became normal. I remember the night feeds vividly. It was just me and her bonding together, me feeding her and then rocking her off to sleep in the rocking chair. Those are beautiful moments being being with her and more, more memories etched in my mind. As time went on, Jenny blossomed. She was tiny but full of spunk. As the doctor commented, she was very alert and lively. She crawled and walked very early, always exploring and wanting to see what everything was and how it worked. I remember walking in on Jenny and Chris once when they were, when he was sending her like a slingshot in the Jolly Jumper. She was loving every second of it and had the hugest smile on her face, laughing so hard. So was her brother Chris, until he saw me with my eyes and mouth wide open in horror and the mane sticking out of my neck. And even though she loved it, I made sure that didn't happen again. She had no fear, that is for sure. And Jenny adored playing with Chris and vice versa. He was so good with her. They loved each other so much and they had a wonderful bond. He has been the sweetest, kindest, and most protective brother a sister could have. If ever I forgot something when I was bathing you or needed help, Chris was always there. I do have a picture of them in this book with, with our dog Dino next to them by the bath. Chris always ensured Dino behaved so that Jenny was safe. He liked to play with her and her toys and read her favorite stories. He was a very selfless boy and understood. As I said, I needed to spend a great deal of time taking care of his baby sister. Jenny was always investigating something and always on a mission. She loved to get into my cupboards and play with the spoons and pots and pans. She was quite the social butterfly too. She would go to anyone and love playing with other children. Jenny's health and development was all it should be, and I was over the moon with happiness and seeing her flourish. So that is the first chapter of my book. I hope you enjoyed it. And my next chapter I'm going to read is chapter two, two, Where Did Jenny Go? The Jenny that I'm talking about that I just finished mentioning about how she was flourishing, um, how she was like a little social butterfly and go to anyone and being next to other children. Well, the next chapter, I will leave it at that. And it's called, Where Did Jenny Go? I thank you for listening tonight or today, whatever time zone you're in and listening to this. Take good care. The virus is still out there. We still need to self-isolate. But take care of yourself. Be safe. Be healthy. Hugs to you all.